It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, the Renault Dealer of the Year and most Google-reviewed dealership in Ireland. For award-winning customer service you can trust, visit us today. Blackstone Motors, drive with peace of mind. 041-983-1100. Hello there and welcome to The Late Lunch with me, Joan Larkin. We have a busy show ahead for the next couple of hours. Don't forget you can text or WhatsApp us on 086-1800-658. So let's get the show on the road with our first item and sadly a topic that's in the news all too often, the issue of homelessness. But once again, the people of Drogheda are giving up the comfort of their warm beds to spend a night sleeping out in the cold to raise money for Drogheda Homeless Aid. It's extremely sad to think there's so many people who are sleeping rough without a home to go to, especially at this time of the year. So some brave volunteers along with local councillors are going to spend 24 hours on the street that's coming Saturday night in order to highlight the plight that many homeless people in Drogheda and indeed the rest of Ireland are facing. Joining me now to tell us more about the sleep out is manager of Drogheda Homeless Aid Maureen Ward and Barry Murta from Murtas of Drogheda. You're very welcome to the late lunch guys. Thanks John. So every time you open a newspaper or you turn on the radio we're hearing more and more people becoming homeless. How are the organisations like the Drogheda Homeless Aid coping and trying to accommodate people? I suppose the first thing, Joan, is that we're actually packed to capacity. We have a 25-bed hostel on the North Strand in Drogheda and we're continually full. And that's an indication of the, the rising number of homelessness we have in County Louth. And uh, the, the stats for Louth are continuing to increase. And outside of the main cities, we have a, an issue excuse me, with uh, homelessness and continuing to increase. We're coping pretty well. Um, but I think more more needs to be done. and uh, It's changed slightly, hasn't it, more in the last few years? You're seeing more families now, not single people, or as it used to be one time, just seemingly single men on the streets. It's affecting families now. Do you think it's it's on an pre- unprecedented level? I think it is, and I think there was a programme on last night that I had half an eye on, and uh, the, the problem with families becoming homeless but I have to say that we're doing a little bit in Drogheda Homeless Aid in um, addressing that issue because we're moving some families we have just in the past month we have moved two families into some of our uh, we own eight properties and we have families Mm -hmm. in those eight properties and we're helping in a small way to alleviate those on waiting lists for for housing. What do you think nowadays the most common reasons are? The reasons have changed, haven't they, in the last few years as to why people find themselves on the streets? It can be very very simple. It can be economic reasons. It can be relationship breakdown. It can Mm -hmm. be mental health. It also can be addiction. Addiction is obviously a a massive issue. Is that a big factor? It it? is a big factor and that can range from alcohol to, to 
uh, to gambling, mm-hmm. uh, to drugs. And uh, I, I think the the addiction issue is a growing issue, as just you've touched on there. Mm. And uh, we have a team within DHA who work on a one-to-one basis uh, to support the guys and try and get them back to independent living. I don't want to sound totally downbeat about it yeah. because of the 120 people that we accommodated in the emergency accommodation last year, 33 of those moved out into independent living. And right. I think that's a it's a low enough stat, but it's still But it's a good it's, result. It's a, it's, a, it's a good result. So yeah. we can move people out of the cycle that is homelessness. And when did you first get involved with this, Maureen? What with prompted the, you to get involved with this? With uh Drahada Homeless yes. I saw an advert in the newspaper. I was self employed at the time and I think it was in twenty twelve and it was very rocky. My hobby is self employed as well. And as Barry here and many of the business people who are partaking in the sleep out will know, uh, uh, business being self-employed is can be pretty rough. Yeah. Two of us self-employed didn't work, and when I saw the ad in the newspaper, I said, "I think I'd I'd like that." Yeah, it's a rewarding it's a rewarding job, particularly when you see the fact that we can resettle people and we can break that cycle. And can I bring you in here, Barry, just to tell me how you first got involved <coughs> with it all? Well. Maureen asked me um, straight off when I do it, it was, it was a, a straight yes for me there was no hesitation um, how I know Maureen is uh, from a local Twitter account that we have it's called Loud Chat and every Tuesday night between 8 and 9pm we have Star Biz, so Murtis of Drogheda was a Star Biz a few weeks ago and that's where it prompted her, we trended at number one that night actually it was great, so Maureen asked me a day or two after that would I be interested and of course I said yeah, I'd love to help Yeah. Yeah. so idea. you're all prepared for Saturday Absolutely, night yeah. then Yep. ready yeah. to go but you're dealing with people now Maureen and you know you're dealing with people who are at their very lowest point when you're meeting people on the streets this must be such a challenge for you we don't I suppose the way it works Joan is that um, there's a homeless officer in each county and we deal with it's very important you are LMFM and we deal with Louth and Mead we are the only homeless hostel in the region because there is none in, in Mead so we take clients from Mead as well but we generally take people uh, who are seen as homeless through the auspices of the the local authorities, the homeless officers in in those areas. Mm. And uh, they can come from the streets, but generally they have to be approved by the local authority. It's a system that actually works uh, quite well. And uh, at least we know that the person is is, is genuinely homeless. Yeah, of course. Sometimes there can be question marks as to whether a person is or isn't. And... uh, we work well with the local authorities in, in both counties. To well, determine that, yeah, and then absolutely. see where you go from there. So tell us a bit more about this weekend, so coming, the, the 24-hour sleep out on Saturday. Dreading it. <laughs> the weather's I, gone very, very cold, and it's it, it's wet, and it's dirty out there. It's rotten yeah, old weather. Yeah. I said last year, which is my third year to do it, that I wouldn't do it again, and a lot of people are surprised that uh, yeah. I am doing it again. I'm getting a bit long of the tooth for this, but there you go. Of course you're doing it again. Of course I'm doing it again. I'm a bit, I'm a bit stubborn and slow learner but there you go it's it's good fun we mm. have 22 fantastic people sleeping out on the night uh we have support from county councillors but they're choosing not to do the actual sleep out um but we have business people like barry we have the vice president i said i'd give him a shout out of the chamber of commerce uh robert murray robert's going to sleep out as well he is going to sleep out okay. this is he's a novice to this as well we okay. have a team of teachers from saint joseph's and also teachers from Green Hills. And that's just an example of some of the people who are 
thinking beyond themselves, who have a, an altruistic, I suppose, yeah. uh, thought process. And they're very good to actually do this because in the lead up, people like Barry, myself included, uh, we actually seek sponsorship from friends, families, mm-hmm. foes, wherever we can actually um, make money. And our target is very important. It is a minimum of 50,000 from the from the sleep out. So we hope to achieve that. I'll be back in January to let you know uh, how well we've done. Is it difficult out there these days for charities? There's so many charities vying for public support. How difficult is it? Well, I see it now this time of the year. Mm. Every every day you're nearly asked this time of the year. So, like, we accommodate everyone that we can. But it, it is, and, and it's very understandable the way things are. Like, people think there's, the economy is back on the up, and maybe it is, but there's a total flip side to what's going on out there as yeah, well. Yeah, the rising tide and does not float yeah. all boats, does Absolutely. it? Absolutely. So the temperatures are dropping drastically. How have you prepared for this weekend? Tell me what you're, how you're going to prepare to be all night out on the streets. <laughs> well, I've been told by the gentleman sitting beside me that there's a ski gear in a certain German type supermarket. <laughs> right. I'll be he- heading there shortly to uh, get some if, if there's any left. Uh, that's all you can do. I, I've recommended to all of our 22 that they wear good boots. I think that's one of the things. We were doing a lot of walking mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of standing during mm-hmm. the night. There generally isn't any sleeping. I've told everybody to bring sleeping bags. Very yeah. f- very few of us will, will sleep because you're on high alert. Uh, West Street, where we're sleeping out, uh, will be a hive of activity until about four o'clock in the morning. I uh, know there's a lot of Christmas parties going on that night. So hopefully those at Christmas parties will actually think of those less fortunate as well. But it know, will give also a good insight as to what it must be like facing night after night on the streets. Yeah, well, I I've, don't think we have any yeah, idea really until you do I've it. I've never experienced it before. So like, as you're saying, it's a sleep out. There's certainly, I can't see myself sleeping. It's going to be an eye opener. That's what's going to be. Yeah. You know, and um, it'll give you an insight. You know, it's very easy to go home every night and sleep in your warm bed and not give it a second thought. So if people don't have that uh, option and we're going to find out in Saturday night what it's like so it's brought front and centre for me anyway so I'm delighted to help. You've been working at Drogheda Homeless Aid now as the manager there since 2015 but you were working with vulnerable members of society before that can you tell us a bit about that? Well I'd, I, in my uh, career as a self-employed individual yes I would have worked with uh, Age Action Ireland um, supporting a care and repair programme going in uh, to carry out with the team to carry out repairs when people were no longer uh, able to, to do them themselves to try and retain a, a, a sense of independence and remain in their ho- own homes for longer and before that then I had been a manager for 15 years doing the reverse of what I'm doing now was giving out very large grants to uh, businesses and and helping businesses uh, to develop and and support them through a variety of different uh, different uh, different ways uh, through training mentoring etc etc so yeah I've had a very very long and varied career so uh, dealing with homelessness is relatively new to me but as I say it's very it can be very satisfying and very demanding. So you are getting some support from local businesses in the town and in the region then you are you're obviously looking for all the support you can get. Absolutely just sure. I've just come from a coffee morning and I, I'm, I would like to thank Anne Riley of Paycheck Plus her staff have just raised in a coffee morning this morning 585 euro for Drogheda Homeless Aid as part of their way of 
saying, you know, that they recognise the work that we're actually doing. Because in addition to the the homelessness, we also conduct home visits and we we go out to up on 20 individuals who may fall into homelessness. We provide them with the supports. We look at their their general well-being, their mental health uh, issues and, and deal with the issues that they're facing so that they can manage money, for example, and manage themselves so that they don't lose their current tenancies to stop people yeah. falling into homelessness. Now, of course, you're urging members of the public as well as local businesses to, to donate during your 24-hour sleep out. How can people get involved? who might want to donate money or is there any other things that people can do to help out? Well, you can, if you wish, um, and you're not on the streets of Drogheda, you can actually go on, search Drogheda Homeless Aid and there is an I Donate page. Uh, Barry and I and Robert and many of the others have also our individual I Donate pages. So just search Drogheda Homeless Aid and there is a button there that you can uh, choose to donate. Now, a little bird told me that you're celebrating a birthday this weekend. Is that right? You'll be celebrating <laughs> your birthday on the streets this weekend? Well, yeah, I generally falls in around my birthday and don't ask me what age I am because... Uh, <laughs> one lady would never ask another lady what age she yes. is, but it is it's actually birthday. It's actually on Monday. I okay. have, the last two years I had been celebrating, uh, yeah, the sleep out or celebrating a birthday during the sleep out, but there you go. I think on Monday I'll have a... Have a have a quiet day. I think you might sleep. I think I might sleep. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I want to thank both of you and wish you the very, very best of luck for this weekend. It's wonderful what you're both doing and I hope everybody will get out there and support everything that you're doing to help draw the homeless age. Thanks for coming into Late Lunch this afternoon, Barry and Maureen. Thanks, Thanks Joan. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. Did you know? Shamey Walsh Interiors Town Parks RD will make a couch to suit any room, any size, and yes, we still reupholster. We stock ready-made curtains, beds, lamps, and much more. So call today to Shamey Walsh Interiors Town Parks RD, your one-stop interior shop. Dreaming of a new kitchen or need to make room for a growing family? Make the most of your home with a loan of up to €75,000 from Credit Union Plus. With a competitive interest rate and quick decisions, talk to us today about Easy Loan Plus. Visit creditunionplus.ie or drop into Navin, Belive or Kildalki, Bally James Duff, Clonmelon or Dunshockland. We're local and we are lending. Loan subject to approval, terms and conditions apply. Credit Union Plus Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. I saw Santa on Christmas Day and he has a big beard, a big white one. Yeah. And he's wearing red stuff. And he had a Christmas hat on as well. He came down the chimney. He left a big bag of presents, like a huge one. He doesn't go on holiday. No. No. Never seen Santa. Should have gone to Specsavers. Uh, how does he fit down the chimney? Leia Healthcare are for the tumbles, jumps and bumps in life. That's why we're recording this ad worth every I'd like to save over 340 euro on my health insurance. I'm saving over 340 euro on my health insurance. We're not paying for mine. With Flex 125 Explorer from Leia Healthcare. Because when you pay for one of your kids or teens health insurance, the rest go free. Oh, it's good to live. Leia Healthcare. Looking after you always.
Insurance provided by Ellipse Insurance Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare. Leia Healthcare Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare and Leia Life is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. A kid or teen is defined as a dependent aged under 18. Savings based on one free kid or teen. Offer available from December 15th, 2018. <laughs> the Three Amigos, Jimmy Buckley, Robert Mazel, and Patrick Feeney are back on tour. This award-winning show has everything. Laughter, music, some great songs, and one or two surprises. See The Three Amigos live at the TLT Theatre, Drada, Thursday, January 10th. Happy Christmas from The Three Amigos. Tickets, price €32.50, are now on sale at the box office. Booking fees may apply. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, the Renault Dealer of the Year and most Google-reviewed dealership in Ireland. For award-winning customer service you can trust, visit us today. Blackstone Motors, drive with peace of mind. 041 983 A perennial favourite there, Mariah Carey. <clears throat> Excuse me, and all she wants for Christmas. Well, all this lady wants for Christmas is shoppers through the doors of Guiney's department store in Dundalk, just in time for Christmas. Guiney's have opened their new shop right in the heart of Dundalk on Clenbrassel Street this morning. So a bit of good news on the late lunch for the town of Dundalk today. It's welcome news to local shoppers and the new shop has provided employment also for the people of the local area. Joining me now to tell me more is Donna Tute from Guiney's in Dundalk. How are you, Donna? I'm fantastic today now. Isn't that a great bit of news there? Absolutely fantastic. We've had a great morning all round. Well, congratulations on the opening of the new shop. How did things go this morning? Absolutely fantastic. Um, We had customers queuing from nearly after 8.30 this morning. We opened at 9.30 and the flow hasn't stopped since we've opened. It's absolutely fantastic to see. And again, there's a great variety for all customers and everybody's happy leaving the store. Now, it couldn't have opened at a better time, of course, in the run-up to Christmas. It must be a very welcome sight on Clenbrassel Street. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's just exactly what the street needed. It's exactly what the town needed, you know, um, to bring something like Guinea's down. Because I remember 30 years back, you know, my own mum and dad used to take us up as children um, to shop in Guinea's in Dublin, you know, for all the bedwear, curtains, linens, you know, clothing, absolutely fantastic value and fantastic quality at great affordable prices as well. Now, of course, Deary's were there before and they traded very well up until 2005. Do you think now Guineas will do just as well? I would imagine so. Um, I think a lot of uh, Deary's were probably, you know, we were more in the higher price range, you know, where we're, we're, you know, gaining 
to reach the customers at the lower price range. Again, great quality all around. You know, and I think that's that's what's helping Dundalk as well. You know, as I said to you, looking at the faces of the customers leaving, everybody is so so delighted to see the shop open, and everybody's in high spirit at the moment. It's just be, it's been fantastic. So tell us a bit about it. Describe the shop to me. Lots of Christmas, I, I presume, a lot of Christmas gift oh, ideas. Yeah. The whole place decked out. We have a lot of um, Christmas stock. Yeah, we have a lot of Christmas stock at great prices. Again, there's a lot of stuff there that's half price. Um, obviously, we're opening so late, you know, towards Christmas. Um, then we have a huge ladies' department. Again, that caters for young young ladies and the older ladies' age. Um, we have a small men's department at the moment, but that will follow. The basement floor will be open, hopefully in the next two weeks. And that will entail of a full men's department, men's shoe department, ladies' shoe department, workwear, kitchenware, petware. Um, we, we supply a lot of curtains, materials, haberdashery, um, lighting and picture area. We have a huge bedding range and bathroom range and, you know, a lovely, lovely gift section as well. You know, we, we basically have everything. It's a one-stop shop. Donna, you do have everything because did I hear you say petware? We do. We do. Clothes uh, for pets. Basement, so hopefully that's open now in the next two weeks. So little jackets and things for little dogs, is that of the course. sort of stuff that you have? Of course. Beautiful <laughs> beds. And I'll be up family. to you. Yeah. I'll be up to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be getting well, something for my fellow. Get it is get it at Guinness. <laughs> and of course, you've created a lot of employment in the area. How many people are working in the shop? There's approximately around 14 staff at the minute. And that probably will increase, will it? The plans. It should do, you know, going yeah. forward. Yeah, it should do. Um, obviously, you know, with the basement opening as well. But it's been fantastic. The, the response has been phenomenal as well, you know. Donna, look, the best of luck. It's a bit of good news for the town of Dundalk. The best of luck and thanks a million for joining us on Late Lunch this afternoon. No problem. Get it at Guinness. <laughs> thanks, Donna. Good luck. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> get it at Guinness, Sinead, huh? Yes, get it at Guinness. I'll be uh, up there now for, yeah. for a coat for the dog. Christmas. Do you know what, Joan? It's great to see, uh, you know, life being breathed back into Clembrassel Street again. I mean, I think there was a big loss there, um, you know, with a lot of businesses. So it's great to see uh, such a big shop opening up and definitely they seem to have everything there. Oh, well, now she could have been talking for all day, I'd say, if we'd let her go about <laughs> what they have in the store there. <laughs> Do you know something I wanted to just throw at yes, you? Literally throw at you. Did you ever have a snowball fight? Oh, God, yeah. Really? Like the best part of a snow day. And in, yeah, I had a brother that would hide a stone in the middle of the snowball. Oh, so sneaky. Yeah, yeah, sneaky. But you know what? I was just trawling the wires early this morning. I was awake at five. I don't know what's happening to me these days, but I can't sleep oh on God, in the morning. Awake, so at, awake, awake at, at five. five. I was yeah. turning over, John. Every day this week I've been awake at five and there I was looking on the news wires, of course. Old habits, you know. <laughs> but I came across this cute little story. It says, boy overturns Colorado town's ban on snowball fights. So there's a little town in Colorado called Severance and they they had a law there that you weren't allowed to throw snowballs. So kids oh could never have had... Like a, the most <laughs> awful place to live. Absolutely. It's, it's, he said <laughs> it, they weren't allowed to throw anything now. Stones or anything, you weren't allowed to throw anything in the oh, street. Right, but okay. snowballs were included in this. So this nine-year-old boy, anyway, he took it on as a legal challenge. His name is Dane. Dane Best. There's a cool name that for you. Cool and name. he's nine years old. He decided to take on the local authorities and persuade them to change the law. Now, he said he used simple logic. He said, today's kids need reasons to play outside. 
That's what oh, he yeah, said. Yeah. So I want you to allow us to throw snowballs. And he said, you know, lack of exposure to the outdoors can lead to obesity, ADHD, anxiety and depression, according to nine year old Dane This is a nine year old boy giving it to them back. With yeah, he knowledge. did. And he said, he said this 100 year old measure, which bans throwing any stone or missile, including snowballs, was outdated and meant that any kids throwing snowballs were breaking the law. And he said, we want the opportunity to have a snowball fight like the rest of the world. Bless oh, wow. him. Wow. And he got his way. He won. He no won way. the right. Yeah, they, they won. He won over the board and they unanimously voted just to tweak the ordinance. Now, you're not allowed to peg stones or anything like oh, okay. that. So it's just snow and just soft stuff. snow. Yeah. And then after the vote, the town mayor brought him out and said, listen, you can be the first one to throw the first snowball. So he's delighted oh, with himself. Wow. But he said, and this is the best bit, he said, Dane said his little brother would be his first target and he would try <laughs> to avoid breaking windows. <laughs> this kid's clued in. This kid is headed for maybe political life. Joan. I'd what say do you think? so. Absolutely. I just thought it was so funny at five this morning to be reading that. So I thought I'd throw that up on at you this afternoon. And Joan, do you know the way we were talking about baby, it's cold outside and everything else during the week. Oh, God, I'm actually yeah. just looking here that this debate rages on because apparently there's calls for the lyrics of Fairy Tale of New York to be censored this Christmas. Yeah. And it's Sorry. proving extremely controversial. Because look, it is all to do with the gay slur, and I totally understand that. Um and apparently an awful lot of the gay community are not impressed with this they say it's like their n-word so you okay know. yeah I understand that I get that yeah but um, somebody saying here on Twitter the world has gone soft can't sing fairy tale of New York because it's offensive can't say bring home the bacon it's also deemed offensive yeah. gingerbread yeah. man is another one hope Santa brings <laughs> everyone a lamp this year because the world needs to lighten the f up oh basically. don't tell me we're going to have gingerbread people now oh, and all of that yeah, are we yeah. and they'll all be I don't know along with Baba rainbow sheep yeah, and all yeah, of that yeah, yeah. yeah. See, this is what's happening the but look the, de- the debate rages on Joan so it does and take us into next week as well. Probably, probably. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, the Renault Dealer of the Year and most Google-reviewed dealership in Ireland. For award-winning customer service you can trust, visit us today. Blackstone Motors, drive with peace of mind. 041-983-1100. Welcome back to Late Lunch with Joan Larkin here on LMFM. Don't forget you can text us or WhatsApp us on 86 658 Now, my next guest has been described as exactly what parents in Ireland have been waiting for a down-to-earth, no-fuss, real-home cook who shares her delicious recipes with humour and understanding. She's also a childcare expert who's been cooking for families for over 19 years and since she started her no-fuss, multi-award-winning family food and parenting blog called One Yummy Mummy, great name by the way, she's taken the nation by storm. She's the winner of the Irish Quality Food Award Blogger of the Year 2017 and a two-time winner of Maternity and Infants Best Parents Blog Award. That's a mouthful in itself. You are very welcome to Late Lunch. Jolene Cox, how are you? Thanks so much for having me, Joan. I'm delighted to be here. First off, may I say, a beautiful name like Jolene. Surely your parents were country music fans. Definitely a country music house. Um, And I have a little story behind um, Jolene. It was a hard name growing up because the song was so famous and I did have a big love-hate relationship with it. But as you grow older, you realise what an amazing song it is. And I, yeah, I do. I love, I own Jolene now. I love the name. And of course, I hear the lovely accent there. That's a Fermanagh accent, isn't it? So that's that's a huge area. Country music is huge. Huge in in Fermanagh. And, you know, it's... uh, 
all down around the area, you know, even coming up at Nathan Carter and everything now in the north is mm. huge for country music. So we were talking off air about your name and how your mum decided to call you Jolene. That's a great story about the tape. You have to tell that oh, to the listeners. Yeah, well, we were in Listening Ski Library, so we were. And um, when my mum was um, expecting me, she rented a tape out of the library, a Dolly Parton tape. In the days when you rented tapes from the of library. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, she seen the name Jolene and she circled it on the back of the tape and then she wrote the name on the back of the calendar so if it was going to be a girl it's going to be Jolene and the tape went back to the library and I often heard her tell the story but then um, about 10, 15 years down the line, me and her were back in Lissonski Library having a little route through the bargain basement and what did we find? Only the tape circled with the name. So we, I think we got it for £2 at the time. So <laughs> the very one that yeah, she had chosen when she was expecting one, yeah. you. That is a brilliant is, story, it is, isn't it? Isn't it, yeah. Yeah. Now, I got my hands on your book yesterday. I brought it home. I read it last night, cover to cover. I'm not a great cook, but I have marked a few little parts in it that I'm going to chat to you about. So it's called Family Food Made Easy. And I I love the first line inside the cover of the book. It says, hi, guys, welcome. Come on in and grab a bite to eat. Is that how you always welcome your guests? Oh, definitely. Come on in, sit down. You're my home. You're my, this is my territory now. Come in, you're welcome. I'm going to take you by the hand and guide you through each and every recipe here. Oh, that's brilliant. That's exactly what I need. (laughs) Did you always have a passion for food and for cooking? Do you know what? Um, I started working with kids um, 19 years ago. I was Mm. a live-in nanny and it was my responsibility to look after the kids and feed them up. And I got a little budget every week to do that. And um, I had just left home for the first time and I was living with this family. And I just took it on as a passion. I used to love cooking for the kids every week. And then when I'd go off at the weekends, the kids would ask the parents to cook my dishes. Okay. So the parents were saying to me, write down this one, Jolene, write down this recipe here. So, um, and at that time, all those years ago, they said to me, there's a cookbook definitely, definitely in you now, you know. Yeah, and who taught you how to cook? Well, it it was really kind of self-taught. So yeah. it was, you know, I didn't grow up in a house where, you know, uh, it, convenience was very big in the 80s. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was. And that's the thing that this book is about. It's about making home cooking the new convenience. So it's the ingredients are very simple. The recipes are home cooked, but they're easy and um, they don't take up too much time. And all the ingredients, you can go into your local budget supermarket and you can pick up. So there's nothing going to be scary or no ingredients that you can't pronounce or anything there. So then where did you get the idea then to write this particular book, The Family Food Made Easy? And the the cover of it is lovely, yourself and your little girl. So it's child friendly. There's a little cartoon as well of yourself and your your little girl there. So it's, it's the kind of food you can make with your kids, for your kids and that the kids can learn to make. Yeah, the thing is that, um, yeah, my little girl's on the front of the book and she's a huge part of it with me. Mm. Um, I found myself, after I had her, I was on maternity leave and um, I was going to the mother and toddler groups and parents um, were asking me for recipes. So I was writing down recipes. So then I decided, do you know what, out of laziness, I'm going to start up a little blog here. Yeah. And this was at the time where blogging isn't what it is now, you know. So it was just a little corner of the internet for me to share the recipes with other parents. And then there was a few on the sidelines, just maybe reading and reading. And then it started growing and growing. And the little cartoon logo on the front of the book, that's the logo to the blog. And um, there's recipes in there to cook together with the kids. It's about getting the kids into the kitchen as well. But all the recipes 
are easy to cook with everyday ingredients. It's like when you come in from work and you're rooting through the cupboards and there's what's in the book we'll cook this one because we already have the ingredients. That's what I was going to say to you like there's so many cookbooks out there at the minute on the shelves in any bookshop like what do you think makes this one different? I always say this isn't a cookbook to sit up on a shelf and look pretty. Do you know the way oh you love cookbooks? Oh I have them yeah lovely hardbacks sitting on the shelf. And you know what we flick through them and we look at them and we say God isn't that great and then you go through the list of ingredients and you go ah no no maybe not this time. (laughs) So the thing about this cookbook is that it's it's for the everyday cook. I'm an everyday busy mother and it's for the everyday cook. All the photographs in the book, I shot them in my own kitchen with no fancy lighting and no trickery. It's what you see is what you get. It's it's real, you yeah. know. And I'm trying to kind of get the message out there that we can make home cooking the new convenience. So there's 105 recipes yes. in this. 105, Jolene. Yeah. I, mean, I was going to say to you, how did you decide what to put in the book? But really, have you any more? Do you know what? And there, I did have to cut it down a bit. The, uh, a lot of the recipes in there, I'd say about 50-50 were ones that were really popular on the blog mm. and that um, parents were cooking and talking about. And it was all um, spreading by word of mouth. And then there's other ones that I call them, they're clean plate classics. They're new dishes that, um, you know, that that you if you're stuck for ideas and you think, oh, God, well, I've got chicken breasts or I've got fish here, but I just don't know what to do with it. It's just simple herbs with simple ingredients. Put it on the hob, put it in the oven and you have a dish that all the family are going to eat. You know, the titles to all your, your chapters in here are very, very funny. We were laughing in the office yesterday. <laughs> I ain't afraid of no roast. <laughs> yeah, that was that's it. brilliant. <laughs> Who ate all the pies? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's really good. And a little treat would be sweet. We're going to come back to that one in a while because I want you to I want you to tell me something about one of those chocolate cakes that you make there. Oh yeah, definitely so. <laughs> so. But do you think um you know if you look out there do you think food like clothes seems to come in and out of fashion there's fads out there especially with the, there's an awful lot of chefs out there with with fad cookbooks out there it comes in and out of fashion doesn't it? Yeah. Do you know what and I I'm saying enough with the food fads and the, and the food fashion, enough with the hipsters over on Instagram that are telling us what to eat, you know, let's all have our avocados now. It's about real food that's for real families, that's easy to cook with real ingredients, you know, because sometimes mm. it's overcomplicated. Can we talk about avocados for a minute? Yeah. I buy them. My kids love them. Yeah. I buy them they're not ripe. The yeah. next day, they're gone in the bin. They're too ripe. Yeah. I mean, how do you get them? It is. It, it is a kind it's of... It's, it's a, a new f- superfood, isn't it? It's, <laughs> it's everywhere. An avocado lottery. That's I it. can't deal with them. They're gone in the bin. I, 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 got, I got them one day. I sliced them the next day and they were all brown on the inside. Yeah, and they're gone. Yeah, the, the, a bit temperamental, our how avocados. Do you, how do you time them? I mean, do you bother with them at all? No. Do you know what? I you know I'm part to do a little avocado now and again, but if they are overripe, sit it bes- if they aren't ripe, put it over beside the radiator. Do you know what I mean? Oh, right. Like even for an hour or so, and then try it then. But okay. overnight, then it could be the especially now with our central heating and everything, the house could be too warm, and then they're just ripening, and then the next day they're ready for the bin. You know, yeah, because there are fads, aren't there out there? There are food fads as well as fashion fads. It gets very confusing, especially when you're really, really busy and you want to come home and you want after work and you just want to cook something, a hearty dinner that's good for you. So this book can show you the way to do that. Yeah, we'll chat a bit about that. We're going to have to go to a break. Jolene, you'll stay with us. I will. Great. We'll chat to you after the break. 
The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, the Renault Dealer of the Year and most Google-reviewed dealership in Ireland. For award-winning customer service you can trust, visit us today. Blackstone Motors, drive with peace of mind. 041-983-1100. Welcome back to Late Lunch where we're talking with the yummy mummy herself, food blogger and cook, Jolene Cox. Tell me now, this book is aimed at families really and busy families and busy mums but getting kids involved in cooking and baking, it's grand when they're very small and they love the mess of it all but how do you, this is the type of book you can pass down to your kids and the next generation. Do do you think it's important to get kids into the kitchen and get them learning how to cook from an early age? I think it is so important and you know, I just want to say that it's not about what you have at the end, the final product because sometimes we can get kind of bogged down with getting this beautiful, wonderful dish at the end. It's about the creation. It's about making the memories. It's about cooking together. And it's about kids getting the confidence and giving them a life skill that they're going to carry forward for the rest of their lives. Like And giving them simple, simple little jobs you know, to start off with. And that sense that, oh my goodness, I've created something. Now I'm going to eat it. It's amazing. And what age is the best age do you think to get the kids involved? Do you know what? You can start as soon as they can sit up. You know what I mean? I honestly think you can get them involved with food and teaching them from a really young age about where it comes from that um, you know when we it's like a little science experiment when you're baking with them if we put this together and this together we get this and the children love that you know and they 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 really enjoy it and it gives them that little time away from the screen and it gives mm. that little, oh, yeah. you know, the time spent together, you know, but sometimes we can get bogged down with the final result. I'm saying forget about it. The if they're not, they don't the care. Process. They don't care the if, fun. They're, if they're not perfect. And you know yourself in a busy household, it, it's always good to plan ahead. Now, yeah. I'm not brilliant at that, but it, it is good if you can be that type of person and you plan ahead, especially for kids, lunch boxes and stuff like that and getting them to eat what you give them because, you know, you make their lunch in the morning all full of good intentions the food comes home back. in yeah, the lunchbox it, it comes back the good stuff comes back doesn't it yeah yeah so i mean i mean have you got there are some brilliant ideas yeah in the book about lunchbox food can you yeah. give us a few of them well i do have do you know you can make your hands ham sandwich and it goes to the lunch every day and then it comes back but even as simple as little roly polies i call them so it's just slicing off the crusts putting your filling in rolling them up and and um making them into like little sushi style rolls but it's just basically a sandwich that's rolled up, you know, and the the kids love it because it's something different. And do you know what? They don't have to um, worry about the crusts neither. <laughs> yeah, because most kids don't like the crust, do yeah, they? And it. I mean, uh, to get them interested in, in good food and, 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 you know, now, of course, when they get into secondary school, then it gets even harder, doesn't it? Yeah. To stop them going to the vending machines yeah. or running down the road to the, the takeaway or something. I mean, it must be so hard to keep them interested at that age, is it? Do you find? Uh, I think that... The, for me, I think the most important thing is starting good habits from an early age. Sometimes it's not even about the food. Sometimes it's about just sitting around the table and chatting. And it's the social aspect of what the food brings. As well as that, you know, children love the information like if you tell them you know if you eat this you're going to get more energy your eyes are going to be brighter you know give fill them full of the information you know once they know that they'll go right they mightn't like it or they might as long as they try it 
that's the main thing. You yeah, know? yeah, of course. Now, I was flicking through the book this morning as well before I came into work and I see many of the recipes you have there are slow cooker friendly. Yes. Now, now this is a method of cooking that it's seen a new rise in popularity lately. Again, the growing number, of, I suppose, of working mothers and people that are busier than ever nowadays. Now, I recently bought one. Fantastic. Delighted with myself. I've used it twice. <laughs> I made soup in it. Mm-hmm. First I googled can you make soup in a slow cooker yeah. and then I made soup tasteless soup but it was still soup and I made a chilli that's it. I okay. mean tell me about it. It, it. You can make it in the morning and it's there when you come home in the evening. Yeah. This is my goal. Yeah. This the is my thing goal. is that um, I actually have a Facebook group and it's called Home Cooks Ireland by One Yummy Mummy and all the all the girls over there are mad about the slow cooker and it is about um, you know you start in your little a meal in the morning you pop it into the slow cooker and then you come home and it's made and these are really easy recipes but the good thing as well about a slow cooker is you can you know you can have your stew or then that could be made into a pie then when you come home you just pop it into a casserole dish mm. with a puff pastry top um, the thing is that yeah I think that we do think that oh that the the pot should be bubbling. It's going to be ready or whatever. But just low and slow and you come in from work and it's just about getting into the habit of and using it. Yeah, and what's the best thing? What What's the best type of meal to cook in a slow cooker? I think stews, like beef works really, really well in a slow cooker because the longer you cook beef, the tissue's going to break down and it is be- going to become melt in the mouth. So if you pop your beef pieces in in the morning, you know, for a stew or for a pie, you know, I've got a beef curry recipe in there that is working works really well in the slow cooker too. Um. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. And especially this time of year, you know, when you want something real warm and when you're coming in the door from work. So, yes, stews and beef dishes work really well. And in this book as well, you're getting ideas to to cook a meal from scratch. You know, convenience now is huge, I have to say. You know, when you come home, you're tired and you open the cupboards and you have a look and you go, God, there's nothing there. You're saying there's always something there. I think that, you know, when you think about it, a pizza from the freezer takes 40 minutes to cook. It does. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So... 
these dishes, like I've got chicken curry in a hurry. It takes the exact same length of time to make a chicken curry from scratch. And it's really simple. Like there's only curry powder. There's your chicken breast. There's um, a bit of garlic, a bit of ginger, you know, and yeah. um, a bit of stock. And you're finished with a, something that you know exactly what's gone into. And, um, you know, and it's really tasty. It tastes much better than any of the freezer stuff. Yeah, exactly. Now, I was talking to you off air as well about <laughs> I, I do like to cook. I'm not brilliant, but I do like to cook. I, I'm not a good baker. I mm. cannot bake cakes. I just can't. Not even pastry. Forget it. So imagine my delight when I saw this page in your book, page 216. <laughs> and the title is My Famous No-Bake Occasion Cake. Yeah. Oh, Jolene, talk me through this one. Well, for everyone's birthday, everyone gets this cake. And you know what? It has become a little bit famous, but it is so easy to put together. It's literally a packet of digestives. And you're making a caramel with butter and sugar and you're melting it really slow. There's nothing else that goes into the biscuit base. Mm. And then you're topping it with um, shop-bought, basically, caramel. That but that's like a cheesecake base, is yes. it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then um, you're putting, you can put um, your toppings, whatever, like, because basically that one there I have that the kids then will say to me coming up to their birthday what they want to you know put the toppings on like biscuits or chocolate fingers around the edges yeah you know so we have milk chocolate get the good stuff oh she yeah says. get the good stuff golden syrup margarine digestives and caramel spread yeah, that's it that's it and sprinkles if you want yeah. them on top of it yeah, that's it. Just yeah. melt them slow together and, you know, you basically put it in a tin. That is so egg. happening this weekend in yeah. my house. That is Let so happening. Let me know happening. how it goes, Joe, now, really. <laughs> oh God, I will. Yeah. I will. Yeah. So now we're coming up to Christmas, of course, and that's panic for an awful lot of people um, with no clue what to cook or how to do it. Um, what would you say to them? We're talking to the clueless now, the ones that really panic when it comes up to Christmas. I think the biggest thing to do is to plan and um, get your timing right. You know, even in the book I have um, your I'm afraid no roast turkey. So don't be afraid of roasting your turkey. But once you have your timing right, once you know what weight it is and how long it has to go in the oven, I always say put it in the oven and don't look at it. Go in, maybe have a glass of wine, have a cup of tea or whatever. Don't be opening and shutting. Just leave it. Just leave it. it. Like Mm. the roasts cook themselves, so they do. And another another good thing is like if you write down each thing, right, I'm going to cook this, I'm going to cook this. Like your potatoes, your veg, everything, they all cook together, so they do in the oven. So it's basically just all a matter of timing on the day and trying not to get yourself into a little tizzy. You know, it is. It's easier (laughs) said than done, I know. Yeah, it is a time for tizzy, all right. We have a text in from a listener she says just here eventually getting around to the Christmas pudding I just discovered my spices are all out of date would it be okay to use? Oh do you know what no no mm. I think that the thing is about we do leave our spices in the cupboard they do have like a year or so mm. in them but I think that just go and get some new ones yeah if you want it to taste really well you know you're safer just binning them and go and getting yeah, some Yeah they're new so ones. cheap anyway yeah, to buy aren't it, they yeah. the spices so finally we're running out of time but I was just thinking that the amount of celebrity chefs out there one TV show after another cookery programmes is, is there anyone out there that you admire yourself? Do you know what? Um, there is there is a few really good ones there. I do love Paul Rankin because, mm. I, and this is going back to the Ready Steady Cook days years ago, but it was when I was at the Irish Quality Food Awards, I was there pinching my husband saying, Paul Rankin, Paul Rankin. <laughs> and um, in the end, I actually won 
they award and I was like oh my god I'm actually going to get up and meet him and he yeah. came down to me afterwards and a fellow northerner he was so down to earth and so lovely and I chatted to him about you know what I'm about and about my blog and he was really yeah. really interested and he gave me a lot of advice in his time so yeah it would be Paul so Rankin. Paul Rankin yeah so finally just before I let you go just tell us a little bit about where we can get the book or where we can follow you on social media okay so you can get the book in all good bookstores at the minute if it's it is kind of selling out so if you can't get it in the bookstores go to Orpen Press and then as well as that you can find me on Instagram Twitter and Facebook at one yummy mummy one Jolene Cox it's been an absolute pleasure thanks a million for coming into us on Late Lunch and happy Christmas to you and your family happy Christmas thanks Jo thank you The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda your local Renault selection dealer with over 250 quality used cars in stock there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda the Renault dealer of the year and most Google reviewed dealership in Ireland for award winning customer service you can trust visit us today Blackstone Motors drive with peace of mind 041 983 Welcome back to Late Lunch don't forget you can text or WhatsApp us on 086 1800 658 Now people from the Slane and Drogheda area would be familiar with one of our most famous sons the poet Francis Ledwidge he grew up near Slane and sadly died in World War One. But many people would not be aware that there's a society in Dublin dedicated to promoting and preserving the works of Ledwidge, the Inchicore Ledwidge Society. Now, it was set up about 33 years ago to promote an interest in the life and the works of Francis Ledwidge. They also do research, but they hold an annual international poetry competition and this year's first prize went to Bernadette Jemison for her poem Children of the Ballymun Towers and I'm delighted to say Bernadette joins me on the line now. Bernadette you are so welcome to Late Lunch. How are you? Thanks Joan. Yes I'm absolutely delighted uh, and really honoured and humbled to be awarded the prize uh, named in honour of Francis Ledwich. Well congratulations on the award. Yeah you must be delighted. Absolutely over the moon now. Um, yeah, great show, by the way. Uh, I loved that la- that item earlier from the, the lady from Guyney's with a little pet jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm determined to go up there to get a jacket for my for my hound dog. <laughs> so, Bernie, tell me a little bit about yourself. Have you always been interested in poetry and the written word? Yes, absolutely. I've been writing poetry for years now. Um, just not really keeping a record of it, you know, but not, just only in the last year or two, just kind of getting serious about it. Um, so I went back to college and studied English and it kind of rekindled my interest in writing, you know, so I wanted to try and uh, really make a go of it now, you know, really focus on the creative writing. So yeah, I'm really enjoying that. And where did you get the inspiration for for the poem which won the competition? Now, it's, it's entitled Children of the Ballymun Towers. That's quite a strong title, Bernie. Where, where did you get the inspiration for it? Well, Joan, uh, I was a child living in Ballymun in the 1960s and there were seven high-rise towers there named after the seven signatories of the Irish Proclamation, uh, Pierce Tower, Connolly Tower, McDonough Tower and so on. And um, uh, can you still hear me, yeah? Oh, yeah, perfectly. Loud and clear, Bernadette, loud and clear. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, you know, I mean, my best friend lived on the 12th floor of Pierce Tower and... uh, you know, we had great views over the city and there was uh, sort of a strange sense of detachment from the world, but that later intensified in maybe in a negative way for the inhabitants as the years went by. And of course, the towers were demolished 
Um, you know, they weren't perfect, but they were home to thousands of children. So that's what I wanted to write about. I wanted to write about a sense of displacement in their wake. And where did you get, or when did you get involved really with the, the Ledwich Society? Because, of course, people in this neck of the woods in Drogheda and Slane would know about him. And, of course, his cottage is there quite near Slane Village. And, and there's a lot about him around Slane Castle and the history there. But how did you get involved with this society? Well, I'm, I'm not a member of the society, but they hold an annual competition, a poetry competition that anyone can enter. And you can write about absolutely anything. That's the great thing about it. You know, as you were saying earlier, uh, uh, Liam O'Mara and Michael O'Flanagan set up the society 33 years ago. They want to try and promote an interest in the life and the works of Francis Ledwich. And Francis was trained as a soldier in Inchy Corps at the Richmond Barracks. That's another link with Inchy Corps. And of course, there's a permanent memorial to him at the Irish at National War Gardens in Island Bridge. And as you know, Joan, 50,000 Irishmen died in the First World War, and the plaque is also in honour of them. And my uncle, Francis Parks, also died in the First World War at the age of 16. So I think it's important to remember them, you know. And the Society does a poetry reading at the National War Memorial in July. Um, to honour all those who died. Oh, that's wonderful. Bernadette, you'll have to come down to Slane and, and visit the area and go visit the cottage. Yeah. Have you ever come down? No, I haven't. I'd love to. Yes, I do. do There's a lovely memorial garden in the middle of Slane Village as well with a beautiful bust of Francis Ledwidge and one of his poems inscribed there. It's wonderful. You should come down sometime. I definitely will, yeah. Now, yeah. what better way than to end our chat than for you to recite your winning poem? Would you do it for us? I will indeed. So Thank this you. is called uh, Children of the Ballymun Towers. Some architect's dream left us high in the clouds on washing-dressed balconies to gaze upon worlds far below where we long to be in gardens with grass and flowers. Children of the towers knew only the lofty heights we climbed daily, panting up reeking stairways when lifts were broken. We watched smoke curl upwards from house chimneys writing verdicts high in the guileless sky creating a fog beneath us. They have demolished the towers, but a presence remains up there of who we all once were, and memories hang between earth and sky. Now our feet find the ground cold and strange. We belong somewhere that is no more. Refugees from the sky. That is absolutely wonderful. We're very privileged to have you on the line today, Bernadette, the winner of the International Poetry Award from the Inchicore Ledwich Society. Thank you so much for being with us today on Late Lunch, Bernadette Jamison. Thank you, Joan. It's been a pleasure. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. Picture House there and Sunburst. Now we've had a text in asking about Jolene Cox's cookbook. It's called Family Food Made Easy and her blog is One Yummy Mummy or you can go on to oneyummymummy.com and you'll be able to find out all the information about that brilliant cookbook. Now Sinead, question for you. Yes, And a question for the listeners as well. If you want to text us in on this one on 0861800658. How well do you know your cousins? Did you grow up with your cousins? Our next article is going to be all about this. Do you really know who you are, who your family is and who your cousins are? Yes, I would have grown up with my cousins, particularly the ones that live around Drogheda because I have cousins in Cork as well, but I saw them quite a bit too. Mm. But every Sunday, more or less, uh, we used to head to Mornington to my granny's house and all the cousins would be there. 
So that was yeah, the thing. That was the way, wasn't it? Oh, totally. And you used to spend summers together, weeks in each other's houses, all that yeah. sort of stuff. Same here. I grew up in Ballinasloe in County Galway and my house was in the middle of the town and very close to the schools. So all my cousins would come over for their lunch, for their dinner. On a Saturday, they parked in our garden so they didn't have to park in the town. <laughs> and um, everybody just hung out in our house because we were in the middle of the town. So I grew up with all my cousins. Sadly, lost touch with an awful lot of them. Um, really, we're friends on Facebook and that's about it. I don't really see them, you know, it's, which is really, really sad. But um, we we really had a, a very good childhood in growing up with our cousins. But we did an interview earlier on today and really it seems that an awful lot of that has been lost. Earlier today, I spoke to a, a man called Russell James. He's from Ancestry.ie about this very topic. Just how well do we know our family history and do we know who is sitting with us around the Christmas table? Russell, can you tell me a little bit about this? I've seen advertisements on the TV about Ancestry.ie. It looks very interesting. Can you give me a little bit of information about exactly what it is? Yeah, sure. So um, what we do is uh, we have uh, millions of family history records online. Um, So anyone from comfort of their own home can go on um, and start building their family tree and hopefully discover um, fascinating stories from um, throughout their history. And it says here uh, that about 14% of us admit that we don't know how we're connected to some of our relatives. They might be sharing the dinner table with us at Christmas. And some of us say that we don't even know the surname of at least one person sitting down to share dinner with us this year. How is that, Russell? Yeah, so we are we're trying to get families talking again around the Christmas dinner table. Because like I say, we did this research and we wanted to get to the bottom, really understand the truth behind the modern Uh, family Christmas obviously such a tradition Um, and the truth is it's it's a little bit sad because we're losing some of that wonderful tradition of the extended Irish family and and you know uh, cousins playing together and growing up and and being best friends because the truth is now about 30% of people don't know their cousins surnames um, you know don't know them well enough don't spend time with them throughout the year and then about 15% don't even understand how the relationships around the Christmas dinner table work. They don't know how they're related to these people. Um, and like I say, it's just such a such a break from that traditional view of, of growing up alongside your family and, and everybody knowing each other's stories and, and understanding that shared past. It just feels like that's been lost a bit along the way. It certainly has. I, I know that even from my own childhood, growing up with cousins, my children now don't grow up with their cousins. Things have changed a lot. I mean, what can we do about that? Well, and the great thing is people want to know more about their family. Um, and, and the other thing that came out loud and clear from our research is that Christmas is the one time in the year when traditions do still apply. So another, another of the, the stats that comes out of the research is one in 10 people said they only see their parents once a year. Um, and again, it's another of those wonderful traditions of the Irish mammy being the centre of the household. Seems to have been lost a bit, but that one time of year tends to be at Christmas. And that's where we are encouraging people, take that time when you're all sat around that table, that one time of year, to get talking to people, to understand, you know, first of all, ask your cousins their surnames. But also, you know, let's start talking about the past that we share and sharing the stories and ask your parents, your grandparents, your uncles, aunts, what was life like for you when you were young? Um, because like I say, it's these, it's these shared stories, this shared sense of history that, that we seem to be losing. Yeah, and your survey also shows that 
38% of people say they run out of things to talk about it when they're sitting around the table with their own family. They're running out of things to talk about. That's the crazy thing, isn't it? This, this picture of we don't know enough about our family, we want to know more, but we don't know what to talk to people about. Well, there is a solution, definitely, and that is get talking about, about your family history. Um, and, you, you know, you talked about um, Ancestry.ie. The great thing there is if you start asking people these questions, start your family tree, type in the information that you get from your close relatives, and the website will help you. It will start suggesting um records that seem to include your family so you can go back and back through the generations use census records use church records and and not just share the stories from your mum and dad from from your grandparents but start learning about your great parents your great great grandparents how your personal view of history and and reignite some of this tradition of of you know the Irish family and the stories being passed on through the generations Irish people are known of course for spreading themselves out right across the world Russell I mean if I was to try to trace my family I, I don't know where I'd start or where I'd end up how easy is it to go back 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 and find members of your family it it is surprisingly easy to get started actually so like i say if you get the sort of the basic you know encourage your your parents to share birth certificates that they have or or even just dates and places start with that basic information and it the website really does guide you back through the records and i think people will be surprised at how straightforward it is to get into these stories and these wonderful tales so um, you know, I was able to discover these generations of mechanics going right back to, when, you know, the invention of the automobile in the early, early 1800s. Um, it, you know, people discover stories of, of grandparents who fought in wars. It's these emotional stories and a real sort of personal insight into history that I don't think you can get any other way. And if I was to get one of these kits for myself, how long would it take before I'd know the history of my family? Is it a long process? Yeah, so that's, and that's the other, other um, thing that you can buy on the website is the Ancestry DNA kit. Um, and so that is, again, relatively simple process, or very simple process. Um, you go online, order a kit, comes in a post, you spit in a tube and send it back. Um, and then within just a few weeks, you get, um, basically you get your results online and it gives you a sense of where in the world your family come from. So you might be 30% Irish, 20% um, British, 4% French, a bit of Swedish in there. Everybody has some surprises. Um, and it, it, it makes a wonderful Christmas gift because, obviously, your origins are also the origins of the rest of your family. So not only are you learning about your past, you're, get, you're, you're getting more of this story to share with everybody else around the table. I'm fascinated with one part, again, going back to cousins. Uh, it seems to be that the cousin relationship is the most strained. 28% of us saying that we see them maybe just once a year. Why yeah, is it with cousins, do you think? It's, so another of the things that really jumped out from the research is this trend for people to move away from home and this kind of division of what home means. So far more people moving into Dublin, for example, but all the big cities. Um, and so not retaining this sort of community of where people live next door to their cousins and all grew up together. Um, and so I think that that's really what's behind or, or a large part of what seems to be behind less understanding of your cousin's names being an obvious thing, but just of, of their lives and, and sharing the experiences. Um, and like I say, that's why we're, 
we're really keen for people to use Christmas as the sort of start to solving that and to bring back some of these traditions. Now, what about the odd row and disagreement over the Christmas? 32% in this survey admitted getting into a family argument. Have you found what these arguments seem to be about in general? Well, and, and honestly, it fits into what we're talking about because it's people getting bored, isn't it? I think we can all mm. identify mm-hmm. with... You sort of you have the the dinner and then you um, yeah. pull the crackers and you watch a bit of telly and then you're not really sure what to talk about. Yeah. Um, and people talk about sort of resorting to board games or to going for walks because they don't know what to talk about. When the fact is, there is this whole shared past to talk about, and, and people are very happy to talk about their past. If you ask your mum and dad, you know, what was life like growing up? What was your school like? Um, where did you live? Most people are really happy to share that kind of thing and they'd love to be asked, I think, and it's just that it doesn't occur to people to start talking about it. Yeah, it seems to me those days are largely gone when you would sit around the table with your grandparents and they would chat about their childhood. I don't really see that happening these days. Grandparents seem to be younger, hipper, you know, and they don't want to talk about stuff like that. Yeah, I I mean... um, I can talk about my my personal experience. Um, my mum would love to think of herself as young and hip, and um, I'll I'll do her the service of saying she is to an extent. But if I ask her about her past, and she is very happy to talk to me about her hockey team at school and how they used to play in the rain, and her dad was yelling at her from the sidelines, and she'll dig out the photos where she's about a foot taller than all her friends and looks ridiculous. So I think you're right that you know that. Sort of there's modern trends that change behaviours, but underneath it all, there is still this this desire within all of us, I think, to kind of share and get to know our, our shared history and, and share stories, um, which we've kind of just forgotten how to do. Um, and as I say, I think Christmas is, is the one time when we should be remembering how to do that and bringing these traditions back. Mm, And of course, Irish people have a reputation worldwide for being so friendly. And of course, the old tradition of the one time, the big Irish family. But are we, did you find from the survey, are we as close knit as people think or or are we not? Are we relative strangers? Well, you know, as we've been saying, certainly what we've found is that people don't know their family as well as you might expect and as well as they used to. Um, what I would say, I mean, we've also done the research in, in other countries and, and to be honest, it's a similar story around the world. Um, and I would just say, you know, everywhere, it, I, would, I would be encouraging people to use Christmas to bring these traditions back. I would just say, in Ireland, there's the, the added thing that, like you say, there, is, there are these wonderful traditions of, of storytelling and of friendliness and of the extended family and of communities, which you just feel like if there's one place where we can bring these traditions back, Ireland would be the one. That's certainly true. Russell James, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today on Late Lunch and a very happy Christmas to you and your family. Thank you. Happy Christmas to you. Fascinating stuff there from Russell James from Ancestry.ie. Now stay with us. Join me for more interesting discussions after news and sport. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. 
Welcome back to Late Lunch here on LMFM. Don't forget 086-1800-658 for all your texts and WhatsApps. Now we just have a couple of notices from our community diary to give you this afternoon. The transition year students in O'Carroll College in Knobber are holding their Christmas themed fun run called the Jingle Jog this Friday the 7th of December. That's tomorrow in aid of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Now that all the first years and the transition years will compete in a 5k walk or run. They're all going to be dressed up as Santas around Knobber GAA Club. There'll be a number of Christmas themed games as well to be played on the day so if you're in around that neck of the woods go down and support the lads in that also the Credit Union plus 12 days of Christmas bonus car draw is running across all of the branches of the Credit Union in Navan, Beliver, Kildalki, Bally James Duff, Clonmelon and Dunshockland until the 15th of December so we have to say congratulations to the first three days of winners of €1,000 each that's lovely coming up to Christmas December 3rd the winners Sean Markey and Sterling Wynn from Navan the 4th of December Sylvia Strong from Kells and Richard McDonough from Ashburn and on December 5th Sharon Galligan from Navan and Richard Casey from Bettystown that is a lovely little bonus and nice little windfall a thousand euros coming up to Christmas that's not bad is it Sinead? Not bad at all Joan I wouldn't mind it myself but of course sure we can't be entering these things can we? No we can't so I'll put that to one side now and forget I ever saw it <laughs> Come here I was going to ask you how do you think your week is going so far that you're on your penultimate late lunch Yeah, yeah it's been brilliant largely thanks to you thanks a million it's totally new for me doing something like this being a news person all my life and having a very structured type of broadcasting career flying by the seat of my pants all week has been great crack <laughs> yeah, let me put uh, that to rest for one minute there now you have not <laughs> been flying at the seat of your pants at all oh, I feel like it but, uh, I must say it's been a pleasure working with you but also mm-hmm. I wanted to just have a little surprise for you okay because this uh, for tomorrow you are going to be in for a treat because one of our guests tomorrow is the lovely Fiona Ferry who is uh, has been with the late lunch actually since the word go so 10 years with us mm-hmm. and she is a psychic medium so yes she that? is I saw her on my list for tomorrow what's my surprise well your surprise is that she's going to read your tarot cards live on the air tomorrow oh god so okay. you, there'll be no hiding <laughs> all of the sort of uh, little details that are in your mind uh, will pop out of the cards do you know what I'm saying yeah I know exactly what you're saying okay <laughs> so you'll have that to look forward to tomorrow but brilliant uh, for my last day Oh, great, yeah. I totally trust you on that one. Now, the only thing as well I want to mention, if listeners, by the way, want to get in touch with us, they can for a reading, uh, as usual, 086-1800-658, or you can ring us in as well, uh, or WhatsApp us. And uh, Fiona would be happy to give you some advice on maybe love life for 2019 Ooh. or mm-hmm. career prospects or any of that. So we can do that tomorrow. Lovely. That'll be great tomorrow afternoon. Look forward to it. Okay, so what are we doing next? Fantastic. So our next item now uh, is one that affects very, very many people, especially at this time of the year. It can be difficult. You know, if people are alone on their own this time of the year or there's lost uh, loved ones in in a couple of minutes, we'll be joined by Fiona O'Reilly, who's a psychotherapist, to talk to us all about this issue. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, the Renault Dealer of the Year and most Google-reviewed dealership in Ireland. For award-winning customer service you can trust, visit us today. Blackstone Motors, drive with peace of mind. 041 983 
Welcome back to Late Lunch. Now, for a lot of people, Christmas time can be a very difficult time of the year. Maybe there's people who are alone at this time of the year or have lost loved ones. Joining me now is a lady who has over 15 years experience working as a psychotherapist, along with running her own private practice in Drogheda at the Medical Clinic on the Dublin Road and works with the HSE part time as well. Fiona O'Reilly, you are very welcome to Late Lunch. Oh, thank you very much, Joe. First of all, just to introduce you to our listeners, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? You're 15 years working as a psychotherapist, what attracted you to this type of work? Okay, well, I suppose initially I didn't start off in psychotherapy. I did uh, teaching and then I was in the financial world and I was living abroad for a number of years. And on my return, I wanted to do something more related to, you know, teaching or uh, the professional sort of um, helping profession. So I went back and studied uh, uh, to do a, a degree in counselling and psychotherapy and I really enjoyed it. And do you see people from all walks of life, Fiona? You must see. I do, yes. I mm. see um, all sort of ages. I don't uh, work with children myself, but um, uh, many different walks of life indeed. Yes. And without going into specifics, obviously, what, what type of problems are people coming to you with these days, Fiona? Well, the majority of people are coming with stress, anxiety, um, feeling overwhelmed by um, having to uh, accomplish so many different things mm. in their lives. Because life is more stressful now than it was. Mm, absolutely, it is indeed. And a lot of people out there seem to be struggling. Do you think, I mean, across the world, people are, are stressed. But do you think Irish people, the stress has increased for Irish people in the last few years? Yes, it has indeed. I think um, a lot of people, as I said, put a lot of pressures on themselves to, mm. to have so many things and, and mm. have too many balls going in the court. Mm. And uh, it's not really realistic. Um, yeah. Do you know what? When we were talking about adults, it's one thing. But but I've seen myself an increase in the amount of young people suffering from stress and anxiety, teenagers and young adults. Have you found that as well, Fiona? Certainly. Um, I suppose with the generation um they have everything immediately for themselves, immediate gratification. You don't have to wait for uh, a programme to come on. You can watch it on Netflix. You don't have to, you know, you can buy online, you can buy on credit. So they're not used to having to wait for things. So they get very bored very easily and they, they're having high expectations uh, and they want to be feeling happy all the time. And that's not realistic for us, any of us to feel happy all the time. You know, life is full of ups and downs and for us to be more realistic realistic about we'll have good days and bad days and not have that expectation for mm. us to feel happy all the time. And do you think social media has a lot to do with that? They're looking at blogs and Instagram of yeah. these celebrities who are perfectly met up all the time and they've perfect, Absolutely. seemingly perfect yeah. lives. Exactly. Do you think that our teenagers now that's what they think real life is. Yes, they have that unrealistic expectation that we're, we're all supposed to be on all the time and happy, happy all the time. Mm. Do you think that people, though, are learning to, to slowly speak out about how they're feeling and, and reaching out for help? Yes, indeed. It's become a lot more prevalent for people to come to therapy. I mean, we I have people coming from organisations now, uh, the guards, the teachers, they, a lot of the organisations have therapy available to them about successions through employment assistance programs and that uh, allows people that would really wouldn't be able to nearly nearly afford it they can have it available through their work which is wonderful through the workplace yeah a lot more companies now are having that facility aren't they, they? Are indeed and, and it enables and then people go back to their colleagues and say oh you know I tried it out for six sessions why don't you have a go and it, it kind of takes away the stigma associated with it is that available well. in schools and colleges I think it's available in universities in this country yes yeah, so they have in-house therapy 
therapists and counsellors sometimes on on uh, campus. But um, say the guards, it's available to the guards now and 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 the teachers. Um, so yeah, it's 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 more avail- readily available and more affordable for people. And do you think is it mostly women who come forward now? Of course, men and women would suffer equally with stress, anxiety, mm. depression, but always women were better at coming forward, weren't That's they? That's true in the past, but now there's definitely a lot more men, which is wonderful. And now we're coming up to Christmas. It's a difficult time for people, isn't it, Fiona? Do you find it adds even more stress onto people between buying presents or even the stress of of having to put on a brave face because, you know, the aunties and the cousins and everybody's coming to visit or you're just going to have to deal with a lot more than you do on a normal day? Absolutely. I think people have this, again, unrealistic expectations that just because it's the 25th of December, it's all jingle bells. And for a lot of people, it's not. They're not happy. They're not in a very good place. And there's that uh, forcing of trying to feel happy and when people are not necessarily happy mm. and a lot of people are very lonely and they're they're sort of on their own and uh, it becomes more obvious around Christmas time when, when, when they're on their own. Especially when you look at the TV and all the ads are on the TV and it's all happy families, isn't it? Absolutely, you can imagine yeah. for some person living on their own how that must even just multiply the feeling of sadness or of feeling alone. Sure. What advice would you have for somebody who's like that? They're watching this jingle bells, as you say, all around them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, where do they turn? Well, there's there's many organisations. Um, you know, a lot of the organisations uh, are cater towards older people, you know, uh, alone.ies and, you know, retirement, active enti- mm. retirement. But there's a lot of young people as well and uh, different age groups uh, that are alone and, you know, Volunteer Ireland is a wonderful resource for people to get in contact with so they can maybe spend their time where they would normally be alone uh, helping other people and then they get to know other people in the community. Mm. Um, so there, there are many resources out there for people. And there's a lot of um, interest and, and a lot in the news recently about older people who live in, as we'd say, rural isolation, people who live out in the countryside and they really don't have access to these kind of facilities. Is there anything that could be people listening to us now living in a rural part of this community here? Is, is there anything they can do to help themselves, Fiona, if, if they're not part of a group or maybe they, they can maybe reach out to somebody? Uh, again, I I think there's very much about, you know, this it's alone.ie and uh, retirement, active retirement, all of that. And for also other their neighbours to sort of be more vigilant about checking in on people. That, of course, is very important, isn't yeah. it? To check in on your elderly neighbours. We always get those warnings when the weather's bad or there's exactly. snow or something on the ground, you know. But what about on the normal days, on yes. the days when it's not so not bad? So but you know that gentleman or lady lives down that lane and they're on their own. Mm-hmm. You know, it is a good idea just to pop in and see are they all right? Absolutely. Yes. It's a it's a wonderful time of the year for most of us, but it's a dreadful time of the year for Absolutely. a certain quarter of the population. Yeah. I mean, for people out there who might want to chat about this or might want to contact you, Fiona, or any, you know, on a one to one, how can they get in touch with you? Well, they can call, uh, you know, call me and I have a mobile 86 or through the Drada Medical Clinic. And there's also the, a website, IACP website, and you can get in contact with uh, qualified accredited therapists in your area. Um, obviously, there's going to be people not in the Drada area, but um, 
there's plenty of qualified psychotherapists that would be delighted to support you. So there's hope out there for everybody. Absolutely. There's hope that, out there. There is indeed. They're that's not, wonderful. They're not alone. <laughs> that's wonderful. Even that phrase, you're not alone, is yeah. wonderful. Fiona O'Reilly, I want to thank you so much for coming in to chat with me on Late Lunch today. And you know, that's nearly it from Late Lunch this afternoon. I want to thank all of my guests today and of course my lovely producer Sinead who makes it all sound so easy waving at me through the glass there. Until tomorrow afternoon at half past one. Look after yourselves. Bye for now.
Eat Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.